Today, we are chatting with Alex Trujillo and Mike <coughs> Liu. Alex is a veteran of the road with nearly three decades of driving under his belt and having trained well, well over 100 tr drivers. Mike has been in transportation for over 20 years and is currently the executive vice president of operations for night transportation. Now let's get trucking. Beyond the rig. All right, well, Mike, ready? Alex, welcome. We're pumped to have you guys here today. Thank I you. think we got a Thank great you. show and we've got some good questions for you guys. But but before we get started, I'm going to tell a little story about Alex. Oh boy. Yeah. So I ran SoCal for about only about four months, but got to know Alex when we go out to the terminal out there in Fontana. And this is a uh, this is this is this story. I think gives you a great representation of who Alex is as a person. So we were out there for driver appreciation week, and uh, I was out in the I was out in the driver's lounge chatting with some of the drivers and just kind of getting set things set up. And Alex walks into the driver's lounge, and there's a bunch of people there, and he says, "Hey, who's been using the showers and the facilities in here?" <laughs> and all these drivers like raise their hand, look at him like, "Oh, geez." And he goes, "Don't you think you could clean up after yourselves a little bit better so that I forget her name, but she was she was doing the janitorial stuff and cleaning doesn't have to clean up all of your messes and he was very calm he wasn't loud he just he, just like Alex, and they all just shook their heads, yeah, and they got up <laughs> they went and cleaned up after themselves oh so wow that this poor this poor girl that was in there cleaning didn't have to clean up all of their messes and stuff that they left around and it was Diana that was her yeah, Diana. Yep, that's right that's right it was at that point where I got to know Alex a, a lot better, and I thought, man, what a stud to just walk in here <laughs> yeah. all calm. Now, granted, he's been around a long time, so it, for him, he knew that, hey, these guys know I'm a veteran, and they're going to listen, but, but that's just the demeanor of, of Alex. He's always looking out for others and, and making sure that whoever's doing their job, whatever their job is, that they, that they get the best from everybody else. So, Alex, thank you for that. I and think I'm it's sure, awesome. I'm sure, was her name Diana or Diana? Diana. Yeah. Diana. Diana. I'm sure Diana appreciated that, too. Oh, she sure did. She thought yeah. it was great. So Alex carries a big stick. He has been around as long as he has. I know. You are he's, right he's, a, he's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing I always try to do is take pride in everything that I do. And I feel everyone, everyone should carry, this, carry themselves the same way. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I mean, we're all adults, so nobody needs to be cleaning up after a bunch of adults. You got that right. <laughs> I, I agree with you there. Yeah, well, I'm Alex with you. and Mike, let's talk a little bit about the history of you two. How did you guys get to know each other in in your work professions? Yeah, well, Alex has been around for ever since I started with Knight. You started with Knight in 96, right? 96, yeah. And so I started with Knight in 2000. And <clears throat> when I first started with Knight, I, uh, I was recruiting for our training program. And uh, Alex was one of our trainers at the time. I'm sure that's when I came to know Alex. And then I became the manager of that program of our training program back then. And, uh, and so I worked very closely with Alex and Alex was by far one of our top trainers at the time. And obviously to this day, he still is one of our, our top trainers. And so, uh, but we, we have a long history of working together yeah. at some point. I ran our Southern Cal terminal for, for about five years. And mm -hmm. Alex did a lot of LA and Arizona <laughs> back and forth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back in those days, how many turns did you get back then? Uh, five, sometimes five, six. <laughs> five, six turns. How many turns did we get today? Uh, four, maybe. Four, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah, four. Lucky. Yeah. Yeah, and so, but, uh, but no, but Alex is has always been a staple, you know, uh, in the training and 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 also uh, just somebody that works incredibly hard and sets, like you mentioned earlier, it sets a great example to to the rest of our our employees. So I recognize Alex's name from the Facebook page. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my favorite is when he gets on there and says, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do better. <laughs> and so when you say this story that of him with Diana, I, it immediately rang true on the We Drive Night because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I see him on this. I'm like, come on, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes it's giving some great advice to, to the drivers, and that makes sense being a trainer, that you're giving them some – wonderful advice mm -hmm. on what it is that they can do to 
to be better at their business. Yeah. So you stay pretty active on Facebook then? Um, so, so. I, I, I look in every now and then and I chime in on, like she said, if somebody's doing something that's off the wall a little bit, but uh, I'm, I don't go on there a lot and post a lot. I just yeah. make little smart, sarcastic remarks. <laughs> <laughs> Just to keep him in line, right? Yeah. He's the one with the popcorn. I'm just here for the entertainment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so you and Mike have such a rich history together. Talk about and you, and you and, and Mike kind of did too. But talk a little bit about that that old school, that old crew that used to be Southern California and what it was like, and maybe maybe go into some of those relationships that that you built with some of them and who they were, and, and just kind of take us through a little bit of that history. Well, um, back. Back then, like in the old days, there was a lot of guys that we used to hang together and run together to keep each other motivated to get back and forth, you know, over the years. And um, I still keep in contact with a lot of them, even That's though they're awesome. not here no more. Then uh, Mike, you know, we've had a close relationship and, you know, we see each other every now and then and keep things going. The old crew. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's so cool when I when we reflect, reflect back because prior to this, Alex and I were sitting here talking, bringing up all these old names from the past and stuff, and just the the amount of relationships that you build over the years, yeah. and the camaraderie that you build, and you know you guys had a great camaraderie amongst each other. I know obviously as, as drivers, but uh, it was so cool to be a part of it. You know when I was running LA and staying in touch, and even to this day, you know we give each other a hard time. We got a few gray hairs. Yeah, I was fortunate to uh, uh, meet a lot of fellow drivers over the years that taught me a lot, and that's why, you know, I feel like I I should train. Uh, I train now to help pass some of the knowledge that was passed on to me to keep it going, to keep drivers motivated and safe, you know, while we're out here. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I remember, too, you know, with Alex specifically, you know, Alex had, from a trainer, training aspect, he, he was so patient and had such a good demeanor, and Never heard one bad thing ever from a student that, uh, you know, that, that trained under, under Alex. But uh, a lot of times, you know, I'd, I'd, I can recall giving you, you know, some special assignments of students that may have struggled with other trainers. And I would send them out with Alex, and Alex would, he would, he would do a phenomenal job of, of helping those students. And so, uh, yeah, he's just a person that always took the time to, to help others. And uh, he was so valuable, you know, even as a terminal manager, you know, not just in the fact that, that he works hard and, and, you know, does a good job as far as, you know, delivering loads on time and all that, but, but also just helping, helping us develop the next, the next generation of drivers. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Right. And what's great is he still does it to this day. Yeah. <laughs> 22 <laughs> years later, right? Yeah. Going strong. Yep. So you started in 1996. Uh, yeah, I started with Knight in 96. Did you drive prior to that? Yes, I when I first started, I started in 94. I started with uh, Warner. Okay, so 94. So you've been in trucking since 94. Yep. So Jeez, Alex, I graduated high school in 96. And I started driving school buses in 88. I was 18 and driving school buses. Oh, wow. You, did, so you've been behind the wheel for, for a long time. A long time, yeah. 30 uh, 30-something years, 30-plus years. You went from school bus driving, dealing with children. Mm-hmm. What age? Um, all, uh, kindergarten all the way up to high That's school. That's why he has so much patience. Oh, I was just going to say, so, students. so what, was hard, what was harder, dealing with students in the bus or dealing with idiot drivers on the road? Uh, probably idiot drivers. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I, I would say the same thing. That's pretty cool, though, yeah. to go from, from the school bus to, to behind the wheel. Yeah. What brought you to trucking? Um, when school busing was um, an eight-month job, and so I did it for a few years, and then after we had our first kids, I need I felt like I needed to have something that was year-round, and so I like driving, so I just kind of ventured well, off into to trucking. Yeah. Into trucking. Yeah, and been doing it ever since. So, so with the whole new generation of drivers that are out there right now, mm-hmm. hopefully a lot of them are listening and watching. We know we've got quite a few. Talk to them about some of the, the changes that perhaps you've seen over the years. Because, I mean, 96 oh, yes. to, to 2022, I mean, there's a lot of things. In it. I mean, the freak, the Internet came about in that oh, time yeah, the, period. That's, that's probably the main thing is the technology. Yeah. When I first started here at night, my GPS was a box on the floor with <laughs> uh, 
Rand McNally's and Thomas Guide map books and oh, the, yeah. the fold oh, yeah. maps the, that the you get Thomas from the rest guy, of yeah. yeah. And I had a big gulp of uh, quarters for the pay phones. And <laughs> we didn't get text messages or Qualcomm messages. We had to write down directions, shipper address, everything. There's no, and if you wrote it down wrong or missed a question, you had to call like back. Payphone. Yeah, payphone. Hey, my kids. Gosh. I brought up a payphone the other day in front of my kids. Like, Dad, what's a payphone? Yeah. <laughs> what I'm is like, that? Well, you used to have to stick a quarter in a phone to use yeah. it if you weren't at home. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, you we use your yeah, cell phone. We, yeah, we didn't have Qualcomm cell phones. Yeah, nothing. that's it was crazy. All, it was all write it down or call from the payphone. Good old days. Oh, yeah. man. Pagers. Yeah. The pagers. <laughs> that's right. The yep. beeper. Yep. <laughs> yep. It was, I think, maybe f- I was here five years or so before we got the first Qualcomm. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was quite a while. And that had to be a huge change. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. I know most people don't like change. And so with the new technology, we're like, oh, it's so much easier just to look at this map. Yeah. Not have to worry about keying stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's pretty cool. Yeah, and the Qual- first Qualcomm we got, it was about this big with a <laughs> keypad on it. <laughs> Was the keypad? So what did you just leave it on the ground, or did you have to put it on your lap when you stop? I had a um, little uh, what do you call it holder that okay. clamped against like the dashboard or something. Jeez. Humongous, take up all the Huge space. TV in the monitor. Cab. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's about how big it was. Like a thirteen-inch screen TV. It was wow. pretty big. That's nuts. Yeah. All the way to what we have in the truck today. Yeah, the little the little tablet, the little sonar so tablet. You, so back back in the day, I mean, now if they if you guys call into your uh, your dispatcher or driver manager mm-hmm. and ask, hey, these directions don't seem right. Can you whatever they need to do? If you need directions, what they do? Look at tell you to look at your Thomas guide, or do they pull one out no, themselves? No. When you call in, when they give you the pickup number, the load number, you have to write. Uh, they write down the directions. They read the directions to you. It's like, favorite, it's like map quest. Oh, yeah. oh, my favorite back <laughs> yeah. then was, oh, awesome. we don't have a direction. We don't have directions. We don't have a phone number or an address. Like, where am I supposed to take it? <laughs> <laughs> just keep driving. Yeah, they, yeah. Just yeah, they, drive they, north. They'll just, just give you the, the name of the building and what city is it and have to figure it out. Wow. What? In the yeah. world? Crazy. So how do oh they, so gosh. I guess on-time deliveries wasn't a, a yeah. huge thing back then. Yes, uh, No, back then, uh, on-time delivery was everything. everything. Yeah, it was everything. If you even hesitated whether or not you could make it on time, oh, we'll give it to somebody else. <laughs> there was no there, question. Yeah, 100% on-time delivery. I mean, everything awesome. had to pick up yeah. on time and deliver on time. And look at that with no, with zero technology. With, yeah. And still had the ability they, to have they, to stop and, say, and bake. With zero technology, they were probably better <laughs> And delivering yeah. on time. No, no <laughs> question. Finding empties, you know, you couldn't ping a trailer back then. You had to know where they were, yeah. know what customers That's had them. That's insane. Awesome. It was extremely manual. Yeah, everything. Yeah. That's old school. Yeah. That's we used crazy. to Today, you know, based upon their, their logs, the driver manager today knows where the driver's at in hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back in those days, it was... Hey, can you can you figure this one out? Yeah. Right? Can you work it in? Can you, can you make it work can, out? Can you make it happen? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Six turns. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm sure there was a handful of guys that everyone knew they could go to to make it happen. Right yeah. here. Yeah. 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 One of them. Yep. Yeah. No question. Wow. Yeah, was, yeah. Back then, it was probably like maybe 10 of us that, you know, if you needed something done and, and it was almost impossible, you know, you could call them and they'd get it done. Yeah. yeah, and Keith Knight knew every one of their yeah. numbers. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> he did. I bet he did. Oh yeah. yeah, Keith. I've had a few midnight conversations. I used to think midnight. Keith was a uh, a vampire. It was like, <laughs> but the dude never sleeps. There was one time in particular where uh, he called me. I was almost home, and he said, "Hey, you know, I got this carpenter load that needs to go up to Oregon. I mean, not Oregon, uh, Utah." So, can you get it there? It has to be there at seven a.m. I'm like, "Okay, I can make it, Keith." So I, t- I get the load. I'm heading up. I hit the Nevada line. Keith calls me. He said, hey, you on time? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I should make it. I should be there around 530. I said, okay. Driving, get to St. George. Keith calls me again. I was like, Keith, I'm fine. I'm going to make it. <laughs> so about halfway up around Beaver, he calls me. I said, Keith, if you call me one more time, I'm pulling over and I'm going to sleep. Where you call me? Okay, okay, I won't call you anymore. <laughs> and then around 7.05, Keith calls me back. Did you make it? I said, yeah, I've been here for about 45 minutes. He was like, okay, thanks. 
It was like the dude never sleeps. He's up all night. That's amazing. <laughs> and that probably stays and that, well, he's still that way as far as the loads yeah. getting to certain customers. Like he follows up. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't necessarily call the drivers anymore. Mm-hmm. He'll call. He'll call the terminal manager or he'll call Chad Felton or Jim Updike. He's all over yeah. him. You know, in some ways though, because we were so manual, in some ways we were better both in the office because and probably on the road. Be, right? Yeah, you couldn't. You knew the the consequences of of you know missing out on details, and yeah. you don't you know set Alex up with the right directions, then you know your your pager is going to go off, or at least it should. <laughs> yeah. yeah, kind of one of those fun and exciting <laughs> times, pioneers of yeah. the of the trucking world. But, but how many miles did you run back then, Alex, compared to what you're running now? <laughs> uh, a lot more. A lot, <laughs> a lot more. Uh, yeah, I'll probably do 2,500, 2,800 back then. I was doing thirty-five to four thousand like miles a week. Like it was like nothing. It was nothing. Wow. Yeah. Like it was nothing. Wow. Oh yeah. Crazy. Wow. Yep. That's insane. Now, Mike, you said that you guys you guys met when when you were uh, put in charge of training and finding trainers and and working with trainers, and so that's when you and Alex first met. So it's going to be kind of a two part question as it pertains to training. What changes have you seen? Um, in the industry or, or even within just the company with Knight that you work with, what changes have you seen in the training department and how that's evolved over time? And I know it's always evolving, but kind of where it was to where it is now. Yeah. And then, and then we'll ask Alex, what changes have you seen in the way that we've trained people to where we do it now and kind of the, the evolution of trainers? Yeah, well, I think, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of changes. I've, I've seen a lot of changes just in the industry in general as it pertains to, you know, the quality, it seems like the quality over, over time hasn't been what it should be just in general as far as overall training. And for us, uh, you know, we're, we're putting a lot of, especially here recently, we're putting a lot of money into technology and effort into really increasing the technology of the, of the program. Um, I think today, that's different today compared to maybe in the past is there's a lot more focus on quality. Um, you know, we're, we're now invested in, in Top Gun and, you know, we have our, our simulators. We, we hope to scale that to a much higher degree. But, um, you know, we're putting a lot more emphasis and, and effort into the quality. Uh, you know, I think that's the biggest thing that we're seeing. You know, one, one, of, the, one of the downsides of, of training, or at least when it comes to, you know, how you get labeled sometimes as a large carrier is you become, you know, labeled as a, as a training mill. And we don't want to be labeled as a training mill at, at night. We'd rather focus more on quality. And so we still have a lot of opportunity, I think, Brett, to improve in that area, uh, obviously, because I'm sure Alex can, can testify and many of our other trainers out there on the road that there's still a lot of opportunity when it comes to finding, identifying the right people to come into our company that really sure. stand a good chance to, to be with us long-term, right? Because those, those are the people that we want, the people that are going to be here long-term. We don't want to waste our trainer's time. And so I think the biggest change, Brett, really is the focus on quality. But with that being said, you know, we still have a lot of, a lot of room to grow. Yeah, a lot of That's room to great. grow. That's great. <clears throat> um, a lot of changes I see is in the technology and, uh, and the information that they have for the students coming in. Um, like we just touched on a little while ago, we didn't have the, all the electronics back then. So it's a little easier for them to, to learn stuff and to navigate, you know, with the GPS and stuff like that. And uh, to me, that's the biggest change is the technology. Um, but what about the students coming out? As um, far as what? How have they changed? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing back in the... Uh, you know, the ter- around the turn of the century with drivers, <laughs> students coming in, probably a little more eager just to run, run, run. And, and now you, you evolve into 2022. Are they like, hey, dude, listen, I want to run, but yeah. we got to make sure we stop. And or, well, I mean, I don't well, know. I'm, that's why I'm asking you if they've changed. It's, it's, it's a little different because <laughs> now they, they get uh, more visual of what, tra- what they think trucking is from the Internet. Mm-hmm. And then then they get out here and it's a lot different. It was like, oh, I really have to do this. I really have to sleep in the truck. I've had several <laughs> trainees ask me, you know, we'll stop at the end of the night and I'm getting ready to, to lay down. They start grabbing their bags. I'm like, where are you going? It's like, are we going to the hotel? I'm like, no, for what? So where are we going to sleep? I was like, well, I'm sleeping on the bottom bunk. He's sleeping <laughs> on the top bunk. So, um, so, you know, they, you know, it's just, you know, a lot of misinformation sometimes. Yeah. 
from what they see on TV on and the internet. Sure. So they come in with already a an idea, and now you have to sometimes crush that dream. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or, or, or shift their mindset. Yeah, right? or, or kind shift of shift their, their mindsets. You know, a lot of them think, oh, mm. I'm only going to drive the day shift. I'm like, there's no day shift. There's no night shift. It's just, just work. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, you know, we don't just drive 9 to 5. I'm like, no, we drive 24 hours a day if it need be, you know, so. Yeah. Um, so the, the, I mean, the driver obviously has changed a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're probably more tech savvy, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's sure. true too. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure if you pulled out a Thomas guide and handed it to one of them, they'd be like, "What? What yeah, is this? Yeah, they, you want like, me to do what? Yeah, Alex? They were like, you want me to stand on this to reach something? What is this? <laughs> what is this book for? You want me to sit on this <laughs> yeah. one higher yeah. in the seat? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Even I know my children. Even today, we happen to be talking about atlases, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I was." They said they were talking to a friend of theirs who said that their parents used an atlas and and they're like do you even know what that is mom and i'm like yeah <laughs> like do you don't know what that is i i yeah. failed as a mother how do you not know what an atlas is everything is everything is so accessible now on on these mm-hmm. smartphones mini computers really yeah that you know you don't see the door to door encyclopedia salesman anymore and it's true all you get just type it in just type yeah. it in you don't Google need it. it a few months back it was the first time i actually seen it. i was pulling into a truck stop and i was backing up and i looked over and it was a driver. He actually had a Rand McNally on his steering wheel, and he was looking. And I, I said, hey, man, do you mind if I take a picture of you? He started laughing. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, yeah, I know I'm a dinosaur. I was like, man, I haven't seen nobody look at a map in, you know, awesome. at least That's five, hilarious. six years That's or, awesome. or longer. So I can tell you, before the satellite radio came out, um, you still had your cell phones, right? And mm-hmm. so you're, you would use your cell phone to travel. We're military. And so you have to drive from base to base. And although we had the cell phone, um, sometimes you lose signal. Mm-hmm. And so we had to survive off of the, off of the Atlas. Like yeah. I, so as a habit, which I know I'm aging myself, but as a habit, I always in the trunk of my car, um, whatever car we travel in, there's always an old Atlas in there oh. <laughs> because you just never know. When you have to pull that out, <clears throat> now with satellite, you should never have to pull it out. But yeah. never I've been in a situation where you're like, oh, my gosh, we don't have signal. What are we going to do? No, uh-huh. Don't sweat it. Just grab the atlas. Open it up. We're here. This is where we need to go. No problem. Can you imagine if satellites went down? No. I was just thinking of that. Like, if something were to happen to all the satellites, <laughs> people would not know what to do. They would yeah. be at a complete loss. Some drivers probably couldn't make it out of a parking lot if their GPS went down. Probably right. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. A lot of, I mean, a lot of regular four-wheel drivers mm-hmm. <clears throat> as well, Yeah, you know? I know I personally use Waze, but I use it more for the police. <laughs> <laughs> Speed checks. Speed checks. I love when they tell me there's a police yeah. present. Yes, I see him. He's there. He's there. We're not, you're not supposed to talk about speeding on, the, on this show. Look, I'm mm-hmm. just being honest. <laughs> so they'd be fully honest. How many tickets have you gotten? I've only ever gotten two tickets. But neither of them were for speeding. We don't want to know. How about that? We don't want to know. And I'm sure if you ever do get pulled over, the tears, I have the never of the eyes. Oh, thank you for the warning, officer. I have oh, been oh, pulled here, over here, many times. Here's one for you. I was driving. <laughs> I was riding with my sister. She got pulled over because she ran a red light. And she started batting the eyes. And oh, yeah. like, okay. But the cop looks over. He goes, sir, can I see your ID? I was like, for what? He said, you don't have your seatbelt on. He oh. gave me a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got to get some revenue oh, out of this. That's awesome. I'm like, dude, she ran the red light, and I'm getting a ticket. I'm telling you. For, I was like, like, I took my seatbelt off Yeah, I was like, when you walked it's, up. It's pathetic how you guys get out of those. Yeah. I've even tried batting my eyes with, like, a it female officer. Oh, she's ready to punch me. <laughs> nice try, buddy. Here's your ticket. Yeah, I've been pulled over a lot of They're times. Tough. They're tough. Yeah. Only two tickets. Oh. Well, Alex, yes. if you were talking to trainees now, they're coming into the industry, what would you tell them? What advice would you give them? Trainees. Trainees? Yep, students. To learn as much as they can, you know, be mindful of everything that you do. You know, you have to, have to be, you always have to be on your P's and Q's out here because there's always something waiting to happen, and if you're not ready for it, it will happen. Um so you you never could take it for granted out here. It's always something, you know, a four-wheeler waiting to cut you off, 
uh, tree branch, anything. I mean, there's always something to be alert. So be alert and, you know, be patient. And that's the hardest thing. You know, a lot of guys come in and they don't have patience. They want to hurry up and get loaded. They want to hurry up and drive. And, you know, nobody has patience. And that's where you where you mess up when you get in a rush and you're not patient. You know, it's just you have to be patient. So let's flip advice. that. Let's flip that and let's go to the trainers. What if you have drivers who are interested in being trainers? What advice would you give them? Oh, pretty much on the same line. To be a trainer, you have to have patience because now you're riding in a truck with somebody that doesn't know how to drive. And the worst thing you could do is make them nervous because they're already nervous because they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you're yelling at them and, you know, constantly picking at them, they're going to tense up even more and they're not going to see something coming or, you know, notice a road sign or something. So it's, again, patience is all about being patient and, you know, take, you know, taking your time and teaching them how to take their time and be patient with and notice everything that's, that's going on. What about you, Mike, from an (laughs) operations on the other side of the wall? What, uh, what advice would you give to anyone that's like a driver that's looking to get into training? Well, I think that, um, number one, they can certainly make more money, right? Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing, too, it speaks to what, what Alex says. You know, he, you can tell Alex cares about his students, and I would say that we want trainers that care about wanting to develop you know, our drivers, right? And they've got to, they've got to have those qualities as far as patience and they've got to care about people in general. Um, but I also would say that it's a great opportunity. It's a good career path. Mm-hmm. Alex is a testament to, you know, somebody that he's one of our most successful trainers and he's obviously done very well for himself. And, and he's also done very well for obviously the, the students that he's trained. And so um I would say, you know, do it for the right reasons. It goes back to the quality piece that you know, I mentioned earlier. We're not looking to become a training mill. We're not looking for just quantity. We want we want quality quality drivers. And, uh, you know, we're committed, I think, Brett, you know, from a company standpoint to make sure that we do everything we can to, to hopefully identify and find those potential drivers that want to do this long term. Because there is a lot that get misinformation sure. and so forth. Yep. And yeah. they come here and they don't realize, you know, what it's all about, like what Alex, you know, Talk mentioned. About, and, yeah. uh, you know, we don't want to waste anybody's time, especially our trainers. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's important for somebody who wants to be a trainer is, you know, you, ha- you have to have, you know, you have to be educated yourself to pass on the information to somebody else. You know, you can't just be a trainer because you want to make more money. Because that's not fair to the new student either. Because he's, you know, just like when I started, I came here and I wanted to be educated on how to be a good truck driver, how to be a safe truck driver. If you can't pass on that safety to somebody else, you know, then you know maybe training is not for you. So, you know, yeah, yeah. My, the money is a is good. You know, more money is always better. But if that's your sole purpose of making money, you know, training might not be for you because. It's not fair to the company, to the to the trainee, if you're not in it to teach somebody, if you're just in it for, for the money. For the financial yeah. gain, yeah. yeah. So when I talk to the <clears throat> students um, in the CDL schools mm-hmm. or, the, or the drivers who are coming through DQP, a lot of times um, they'll ask for advice when it comes to being able to stay close to their family at home while they're out over the road because a lot of them are coming in saying hey I want to be home every night yeah you know that being home every night is not always an option right um and so when they ask me I always have to come up with stuff that I've heard from other drivers on how they keep up with it I've come up with some other ideas on my own what ideas or what what things do you do in order to keep up with family at home um while well, the road. we try. I, I try to work with my wife as much as uh, I can to have like <clears> a <throat> a schedule. You know, she keeps me updated on what's you know what was going on with the kids and you know what events is coming up, and then I try to coordinate it with my DM to let them know. Look, I try. I, you know, as soon as my wife tells me, "Hey, there's a back to school or football game or something like that," the minute she tells me, I tell them, "Hey." On the 25th of next month, I have this. So they have plenty of time to, 
you know, help me set up to make sure I'm where I want to be. Because, you know, for me, family's first. So the job is to help provide for my family. But me, I need to be there for my family. So just planning and communication, and you know, with your with your with your family members and with with operations is, mm-hmm. you know, you you got to tell them tell both sides, okay, this is where I need to be, and this is when I need to be there and to make it happen. It's always communication. That's and, had to change over the years too, well, huh? Yeah, <laughs> but, and, and Alex has been, I, I think he's done a very good job. I mean, I'm sure there's been some hiccups along the way, but in managing his work with with the family. I know you've got, what, four or five kids, Alex? Five. Yeah, you got five kids, man. There's something going on all the time. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a few things where you've had to manage that and say, sweetie, I'm not going to be able to be there to this, but I'm certainly going to be there for this. And, and, yeah, and, sometimes <clears throat> sometimes you have to prioritize. Yep. So, you know, it's like, okay, is this something I have to be there or something, you know, you just want me to be there because that's what we do. Yeah. So sometimes you have to prioritize prioritize, you know, do we eat this week or do I go to, you know, dad's donut day or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. by the way, which by the way, I've been to dad's yeah. donut day. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> A few times, huh? So. Hey, Alex. So, um, how frequently do you, are you training? Like, do you, like, how often do you go before, you know, you have you a student, a you don't take a break? Um, <clears throat> Generally, I, 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 you know, I go back to back and, you know, then sometimes you get oh. to a point to where I get, oh. you know, tired of having somebody yeah. in the truck and I'm like, okay, you know, give me a week or two and then I'll come back. But generally, you know, I, I'm done with one and I'll pick up a, another one. Yeah. So it just, it just varies. And if I know I have a lot of um, stuff going on at home, if I'm going to be taking a lot of days off, then I'll tell them, you know, don't, you know, don't give me a training because I don't want them to the, sit. Yeah, I don't want yeah. them to sit. When sure. I get a guy on my truck... You know, they you generally from four weeks. I don't want to make his four weeks turn into six weeks, eight weeks, because I have personal stuff going on. So if I have something going on, I'll tell them, you know, let's hold off. And then when I'm finished doing what I'm doing, then, you know, you know, put somebody else back on the trip. What a great thought. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's, that's so well, thoughtful. That's Im- yeah, and, and I think what's important is, is Alex manages that, and I think it's important for, you know, any prospective trainers to know and understand that, hey, you, you kind of get to dictate your schedule here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're not looking for people that want to just constantly train. Sometimes you need a break. Yeah, and it's okay. And it's okay to take that break. You need it sometimes. You do. (laughs) I'll bet. Got to reset, decompress. I mean, there's a there's a special. uh, You're a special person because when you think about that that truck, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not huge. No, not at all. And now you're sharing that truck with somebody (laughs) you don't know for four weeks. And then and then most people that know me. Um, ain't all about how I keep my truck. Everything, <laughs> everything has its place. Everything has to be clean. A lot of times when, you know, when I have a student when they're driving, I'm looking around. I was like, oh, there's dust right there, and I'm <laughs> like cleaning off the dashboard and stuff while they're driving. Is so it gets tough, especially when you're like me to have somebody in your space. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you see them set something down, you'd be like, uh, you're gonna get that. Oh, that's or not how, where that goes. How long are you gonna let? Let that sit there before you move it. <laughs> you got a thing of Clorox wipes in your cup holder. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you've had some very interesting yep. trainees with you. The stories I'm doubt. sure you could tell yeah. as much as you've trained. So Yeah, I only had one guy that wanted to get off my truck because um, one rule I have in my truck, I don't like uh, fountain drinks in my cup, in my truck, because you lift them up, top fall off. Stuff. Spills, yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing worse than coffee. I don't drink coffee. So, but old coffee stained on the floor is is horrible. So, I I told him like three times, you know, no cups. And the fourth time I told him, he asked to, you know, to get taken off the truck. Then he got with a trainer that wasn't as clean as me. And two weeks later, he was like, "Can I come back?" I'm like, "No." I'm already with another trainer. <laughs> I'm like, I already got another student. And, you know, it's too late now. He was like, "Well, this guy's a slob." I'm like, "I don't have to tell you." <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't want to follow my rules. Yeah. There's consequences. So do you have, um, like, say, like, if if you were going to take Brett out and Brett was going to be on your truck, would you have that conversation with him prior to yes. uh, yeah. getting on the truck? That way at least he knows to bring a thermos or something. Yeah, and I, I, I was offered, and I actually I have a couple in the truck just for that reason. And I, a few years ago, gave us um, some those no-spill cups. Yeah. And I have, like, four of them. I was like, either 
I could give you one. I even buy you one. But you know, I'm not saying you can't drink coffee. I just, just not the fountain cup. Just not the fountain cup because yeah. I don't want it all over the truck. Makes sense. God, I've done that too. Yeah, I think everybody has. Pull it has. and the, the, yeah. the lid pops off. Lid yeah. pops off. Yeah, yeah that's the worst. That. Yeah, that's the worst. Then my husband's upset because yeah. I got a mess. I think your husband's always yeah, one upset. Time. <laughs> and because of me, not because of a student that made a mess, I made the mess in the truck, and I was by myself. I had a fountain drink, and I went and grabbed it, and it slipped out my hand, and oh. the cup hit the floor, and the cup collapsed, and Water. soda went oh. everywhere, oh. out like on the window, the dash, <laughs> I mean, everywhere. Clean up of that, yeah. Oh, no. be, it would probably nightmare. take weeks because yeah. you'd be finding new spots yep. every day. Yeah. And yeah. So <laughs> because, hit the and because of me, it was like no more cups in the truck. So you ruined it for everybody else. Yep. Is that ruined what I'm hearing? <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears just for a second. We can go back to the training, but I just want to ask you a personal question. Just because you've been driving as long as you have, and you've seen the changes in all the technology, and I'm sure you've seen changes in trucks as well. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about just tell us what your favorite truck to drive was, mm-hmm. and why. Uh, my favorite truck was my Peterbilt uh, 379. His name was Pedro. Pedro got a name. That's <laughs> my favorite truck. Is to me. The 379 is trucking, you know, the oh. long hood, the double stacks, the, uh, the fuel, you know, chrome fuel tanks. That's to me, that's that's trucking. Yeah. And that's why that's my favorite truck. Um, and yeah, what was the other part? Yeah, well, I said, well, I said, and why? Uh, and you just, why? You just yeah, it, to me, that's just that's that's what trucking is. That's what I, as a kid, those are the trucks that I seen, and that's what trucking was to me is the. That long the lo- nose. The long nose, yeah. the, the stacks, and the chrome, and that was everything. Did you me. own one? Yes. Oh, you did? Oh, good. good. Yeah. You still have it? No. Um, I sold that one because of uh, California, the emissions and oh, everything. Because yeah. it, it was old, had a Caterpillar in it, and all the mechanics that I spoke to said if I put the, the new DPF system on it, it would just ruin the motor. So I sold it to a guy in Texas yeah. so that he could run it the way it's supposed, it's to, supposed be to be run. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He still has it. Um, he pulls a tanker with it, and it, it's a, it was beautiful when I had it. But he added to it. It's a beautiful truck right now. That's yeah. awesome. It's, it's almost show quality. Wow! Wow! Yeah. That must have been wow. hard to sell then. Yeah. It was. How long ago did you sell it? That one I sold. Um, when I get the the other one, I got eight years ago. So about eight years. Eight years ago. Yeah. yeah. I I just recently sold another Peterbilt, but it was a five eighty seven. It was more of on the shape of like the our trucks, the you know the condos. Yeah. I call them grandpa trucks. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ones without stacks and yep. all the chrome. Those are gr- those are grandpa <laughs> trucks. So, so I but, think when you look at our fleet, I feel like the Kenworth is the closest hmm. to the face. But when you look at the nose to nose, that's the closest yeah. to to the Peterbilt. That's what that I, we have. That's what I drive now is the Kenworth. Um, I prefer the Kenworth because it's the closest to the cab. Design as the 379 is a little closer. Oh, okay. Some of the Freightliners and the uh, Volvos, the seats are set as wide as the sleeper. And so there's a big gap in, t- in between the passenger seat. And it's, it's just a preference. I just prefer the closer driver's space than, uh, than the spread out driver's oh. space. Makes sense. I never noticed that. Yeah. When I when I climb, and I like to get into well, the that, new ones you, to check them out. You wouldn't notice it because you don't spend as much, as time, much time in, in it. it. When you yeah. spend that For much sure. time in it, mm-hmm. I mean that's your space, that's your workspace, your living space. So those little things are going to be. Mm-hmm. So with all the years of experience that you've had, obviously in the truck, what are some items you keep in your truck that you could not live without? Um, far as far as work stuff or. Just comforts that you keep um, in your truck that you couldn't live without. Things that you could Sunflower talk about seeds. on the air, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Sunflower seeds. Sunflower seeds. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Don't, I don't drink coffee. Um, That's the old school I, I way of drink, staying awake. I don't, I don't drink you, it. How do you choose sunflower seeds without making a mess? Cup. You spit them in a cup. cup. You spit them in a cup. Yeah. yeah. They still get all over the place. No, uh, no you spit them uh, in a the cup. Know, you're not holding a cup out here, you know. Mike, what are you going to write? You're out the side yeah, of your mouth. Yeah, you just put, yeah, you put the <laughs> cup right here. What about when those things, when those things spill? <laughs> oh, man, that's the worst. Yeah, see? You got a hand vacuum. See, I got I got a vacuum, I got an air hose, and a and a broom for the floor. <laughs> He's got it all. There we go. <laughs> so it, floor has to be immaculate. 
It drives me crazy. So I, awesome. when I drive, I drive, um, if, especially at night, I'm always crunching ice, mm-hmm. and that keeps me awake. But my aunt told me, I don't know, probably last year or the year before, to try sunflower seeds. Mm-hmm. That's better than ice. Yeah, that's why, that's why the sunflower seeds were kind of invented, well, because you're constantly doing stuff with it, so your mind is working, exactly. and that's what yeah. keeps you alert. Yeah. You chew too yeah. much ice, you're going to have to make more stops, too. I yeah. know, you do have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, but your mouth gets all dry with the sunflower seeds. Yeah. you got to yeah. have something to drink. You know what, I, I love them. The best thing they came out with was the, the low-sodium, the salt, the yeah. salt ones, low-sodium, because the regular ones, after a while, oh, your, yeah, your mouth yeah. would be all raw, but they came out with the low-sodium. Man, you can chew three or four packs in a night. <laughs> yeah, but let's be honest. Throwing those salty Davids. Oh, yeah. oh, That's yeah. the best. Yeah. So what it I like to do. your mouth up, though, pretty fierce. Yeah. Yeah. I have to take the salty ones, mm-hmm. and then once your mouth does all that, then you go to the low sodium. <laughs> because I don't like the low sodium. Like, there's something I about just, the salt is just. Just keep going you, through you the salt until you get big canker sores. It works <laughs> out great. You know what? That's what it is. Because um, when I switched from the regular Davids, the salted ones, to the, it was like. Somebody r- rinsed all the salt off and yeah, gave you you're some. you're like, what is this? But after after a while, um, you get used to it. And then one day, they didn't have any other low-sodiums, and I got the other ones. Oh, it's too and salty. My, my jaws almost like, oh. <laughs> 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 it was like, too much salt. <laughs> well, that'll keep you awake, too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, man, these things are salty. I, I mean, I ate like three of them, and I was like, I had to stop. So like, we <laughs> have a terminal, Nashville. Nashville is always eating sunflower seeds within mm. the terminal, but they eat Biggs. Mm. I'm I, a David's fan. I love Biggs. Biggs. Biggs has weird sunflower seeds. Yeah. Talking about so, like, what do you mean by weird? Like they've got barbecue ranch. Pickle they've got pickle. Yeah, pickle they've got pickle, the pickled ones are great. Pickles are good. They no? have to be. Pickles are great. Okay, it, so what, is, a, what do you use? Salt. Me too. Like don't ruin okay, the sunflower so, seeds. Uh, Which brand? Biggs. David's. Biggs. 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 Biggs has Biggs. salt. I know, but they're not as good as David's. Excuse me, miss. They're, they're I know you live a boring right? life. How they're about shell. a bag of salt? <laughs> their, their, their shells are too thin. See? Of the bigs? Yeah. Yes. Their shells are too they're thin. not as this good is, as David's. You guys are ridiculous. <laughs> the shells are too thin. Do you, thin. Eat, do Alex, you do you regular know. David's or Jumbo? Jumbo. Oh. Now, Jumbo David's I'm good with because yeah. I like them bigger. But this girl right here, I guarantee, is just a plain Jane regular David's that came out in like <laughs> 1902. Just so you know, I prefer the Jumbo. And you don't do, David's has ranch. I don't do, has barbecue. don't mess with no, the no sunflower seeds. No, I'm all about the no, flavor. Don't I love mess with the flavor. sunflower seeds. It's, it's a sin to change sunflower seeds. They should be salty. They should stay not, original. How, how is that? I'm a, I'm a little offended right now. <laughs> That's okay. You'll is, get over how it. How is that a sin? Because the evolution, the evolution of the sunflower seed sin. and the flavor that you get when it goes into your mouth. Look, the amount, it's like a it's, supposed it's to be like salt. a circus of flavors going on in there. And it, it just dances be. around. It should and it be. shouldn't. It should be salt. It should be a sunflower seed and salt. Well, it I'm should gonna, be I'm like this. I don't, I don't know how you can chew those low <laughs> sodium boring. ones. Out. Yeah, those low yeah, sodium ones. It's disgusting. No, it it takes it takes some getting used to, but it after a while for you though. That's true. It's like it's like rolling seeds in the dirt and picking them up and eating them. It's true. Yeah. It's true. You get used to them after a while. Yeah, yeah. but I do agree that I, I do like David's Jumbos. I, I like Bigs. Mm. I don't Go like this. I don't like Spits at all. No, Spits no. Is just weird. Those are me. those are little ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like. Spits those are either. weird to me. Yeah. But yeah. I did. I. But those are uh, they're they're Canadian companies, so yeah, it's not one, shocking. The Spits one, you, you end up having <laughs> to eat the shell and everything because when you bite into it, yeah. it just yeah. it just right. just like, yeah, yeah disintegrates. Just explodes. Well, well, Alex and I agree. Well, anyway, sorry, you're on the outs. No, Mike agrees. Look, you need flavor. No, Mike's got to have some flavor. Thank you. The, the you original you want flavor well, I don't want salt, but the flavor. I go with flavor yeah, over any salt. of it. Low sodium, yeah, gotta, though. I don't I know gotta about that. I got to have salt in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, gotta I agree. If, if you're having sunflower seeds, it's, yeah. there's no I'd rather there. suck on a salt cube than eat raw sunflower seeds with no flavor. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I'm uh, with you. All right. Yeah. Good. I'm glad we got that covered. <laughs> all right, Alex. Back to the, I want to go back a little bit to the the relationship side of things. You and Mike had a great relationship. How did that relationship with behind the scenes, the operations folks, talk to us kind of about how those how those went for you. How do you establish them? Um, walk some of these listeners through like what, why you want to have a good relationship with your dispatcher, your terminal manager, those that are involved with really helping uh, in your Keep success. Your yeah. For me, it's... Like with Mike, you know, and all the guys that I've worked with over the years, I have to trust you or 
I'm not, you know, that's just how I am because I take pride in what I do. And if I'm going to put myself out there and break my back for you, I have to trust you. If I, if I have an issue, I have to know you're going to have my back. Just like I have your back when you have a problem, you got a late load or whatever, whatever it may be. And so that, that was always important to me to trust the, the people that I worked with. So I always was able to make, you know, have good relationships with, with everybody that I worked with. And I've been fortunate, you know, here that everybody that I worked with were, you know, were generally, generally, generally good people. And they had the same goals in mind that, um, that I had, you know, the, you know, with the work and getting everything done. Yeah. So, but it, you know, and it goes back to communication and, and patience. You know, you have to communicate what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do. And then what you have to communicate with them to understand what they want from you and expect from you. So it's, it's all about communication. Love it. Love it. Yeah, for sure. Anything to follow sure. up on that, Linda? No. Then let's go to Michael. Well, real quick. So Mike ran Southern California for mm-hmm. five years. Five, five years. years. And, and it's my understanding, Alex, and, and you don't need to correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but it's just my understanding that when Mike ran Southern California, he, 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 brought, this level, he brought this level of mojo up. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and everybody knew who Southern California was. And Mike Lee was at the top of his game and everybody loved him. Uh-uh. And then Southern California, maybe about like, I don't know, last two years, year and a half, Mike, it, it just kind of slid a little. And then they put Mike into something else. Mm-hmm. So they brought other people in and it just kind of, <laughs> Southern California God. never recovered until. Oh, here we go. Until they asked Lift your one feet. person. It's going to get deep. They asked one person <laughs> to come in and help out. Just and all, I needed, a year. all I needed was what, four months, Mike? That's all I needed. And yeah. bam, the mojo was <laughs> infused back into SoCal. I don't even know running. if he qualifies as even from a manager <laughs> being in the job for only well, four months. Well, yeah. but Alex, they took me from Phoenix because it was, things were flying over in Phoenix. And, and Mike was like, no, that's got to be SoCal. It was so bad. <laughs> That he only stayed four months. Yeah, they kicked him out of there. <laughs> and they got rid of him. I'm just teasing. Alex is like, I don't even know what to say to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm more or less harassing Mike. I, I, Southern California, from every driver I've ever talked to, when Mike was running it, has only said it was the greatest time. Everybody knew who we were. They respected us. We just had mojo. And so well, that's that's the one we, thing that we, we tried to get back. We had a, we had a great team. Yeah, we had good people. It, wasn't, yeah. it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with the team. And Alex, sure. Alex talked about you know the relationship and you know how important it is you know as a driver to have a good relationship with with your terminal and just having a good relationship as a team is important because our driving associates they're they're part of the team and yep. they're part of that terminal. They're part of Southern California. And what's great about our company is we have terminals spread out. Everywhere. everywhere yeah and so we have that opportunity in every one of these areas to have our mojo and have a solid team and have the level of camaraderie that, that you and i experienced over the yeah. years and at the end of the day it all comes down to people yeah people and how you For treat sure. with, how you treat one another and like what alex said you know be able to build trust when you have that going it's it's extremely special and uh that's what makes our company unique is yeah. the way we're set up in that manner we have that opportunity in every one of our terminals to, to have that. For sure. I, I think when Mike was running things, the group of guys that we had then, there were, well not, I wouldn't say competition, but we pushed each other to do better. Yeah. So he was like, oh, if you did. Friendly competition. Yeah. So, you know, even like just with <laughs> the equipment, oh, if you washed your truck, oh, I got to wash my truck. And, <laughs> you know, oh, you washed your truck, so I got to go get my truck washed and waxed. Oh, you did four loads, I got to do five. It was just a friendly, you know, friendly, like you know, like I said, friendly, friendly competition. competition. Yeah. And that group of guys around the time when Mike was re- running SoCal, that's w- what a lot of the guys were, is just a friendly competition. You know, we pushed each other and supported each other to do, to do better. So. Which is awesome. Yeah, yeah I, was, awesome. I was very fortunate. I had a great team. Mm-hmm. Great team with yeah. leaders like, like Alex. Very fortunate to have Alex on the team and, so and many others. Area. Yeah, yeah. So. that's great. So you, you mentioned two trucks that you've purchased and sold. Mm-hmm. How many trucks overall um, have you? Four. Four. Yep. I was an operator for 20 years. And I just got out of it and got back on the company side. Okay. But, yeah. well, welcome back. <laughs> it was uh, the first <clears throat> month or two was a little different because I had to change my mindset and it's like uh, of course the pay was different but um, 
I'm not, I didn't have responsibilities of paying for tires, equipment, you know, right. stuff like that. Cool. So it took a little adjustment to get used to that, but um, I'm getting there and it's, it's coming back. So right. it's in a, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say one thing that's worth, it is worth mentioning is the fact that one thing that's different today, you know, from back in the day is that our, our owner operators do have the ability to, to help mentor yeah, right. students, so which yeah. is a di- yeah, which is a change from what it used to be. Yep. Yeah, which yep. is great. So you went from company to owner, and then back to company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first five years I was a company, then I switched to owner operator. So a lot of times, um, I mean, you're on the Facebook page, but you hear from from the owner side, and you hear sometimes the company drivers may be complaining of certain things that are that are governed, right? Mm-hmm. But then when they go to the owner op side, all of a sudden, all of those pieces start making sense. Mm -hmm. And then when you come back to the company, my question is, since you went from company to owner, what did you have to change from your prior driving as a company driver, as an owner op? And have you kept those same changes as you come back? Uh, For me, the biggest change was where I fuel and um, getting used to having a camera in the truck. (laughs) <laughs> Those are the two biggest changes for me. It's not even having a camera because my truck didn't have the forward-facing um, um, zonar, I mean, not the zonar, the radar thing. The beep, beep, yeah, yep. yeah. mine didn't have that. So listening to that, <laughs> dee, 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 is like drove me crazy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for me, it was just uh, fueling because as an owner-operator, I could fuel wherever I want. So I I, I fueled at the cheapest, not at, at the, the best price to fuel um but at, at the, on the company level they have everything set up behind scenes so you feel where the company wants you to fuel so i i feel that for getting a discount at the pump mm-hmm. and i know the company has deals set up behind the scenes that, you know that i don't see so you feel where where they want you to fuel yep yeah it's great but, um, but other than that as far as the speed thing it wasn't a really big difference for me because i I didn't. I don't speed anyway, so it wasn't, you know, not for fuel consumption or anything like that. It was just how I drive. Yeah. I just feel comfortable at like sixty, sixty-two, and that's what what I drive. I used to be a speed demon, but uh, over the years, you get older and wiser, and you slow down. But um, those, that's really the fuel and and the technology that's in the new in the company trucks. That's the biggest change for me. Yeah. Your demeanor is so calm, and um, I I can see why you would be a wonderful trainer. It's chill, Southern California chill. Yeah. It's just just easy SoCal. going, SoCal, SoCal chill, chill, right there. Like it's just so I'm, soothing. Uh, <laughs> years ago, when Mike, uh, when we when I was training, when Mike was in charge of the uh, training department, my nephew came to work here, and I trained him. Oh, and how dro- was that? It drove him crazy because I was so <laughs> chill because. He, <laughs> you know, he was like, dude, am I doing something wrong with it? Because I wouldn't, you know, I said, if, I, if you're doing something wrong. I'm going to tell I'm, you. Uh, I'll tell you. I said, if you're not, if I'm quiet, then we're fine. So, but if I'm saying something to you, then there's something wrong. But he's like, dude, say something. You're making me nervous. I'm like, <laughs> what are you to say? You're not doing nothing wrong. Just drive. And and that you, my quietness used to drive him crazy because he thought something was wrong. That's funny. Well, that was great feedback, too, for, yeah. for you to realize that. Hey, people may think that something's wrong because I'm not saying anything. Yeah, yeah. Alex got the perfect demeanor. Oh, I know. he's just, I know. He's, you can just see, see why yeah. people love. You can you just, know, he can attract probably any personality that's oh, in yeah. that truck with him. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't be, you can't be nervous, Nelly, with somebody that's new because you're gonna make them nervous. nervous. Yeah. So yeah. even if they do something to make me nervous, I still try to remain calm and be like, hey, you know, you might. Want to get off the edge of this cliff right here before yep. we go over, yeah. and you know. So I try to stay calm because I know if I get nervous, then they're going to be three times as nervous as sure. as I am. Yeah, For sure. great advice. For sure. Well, with the uh, with the change in the economy, right? Things are shifting in the industry with freight, and the, uh, all that all that fun stuff that we get to go through with the different cycles. Mike, I guess this question would be more suited for you right now. How are, I guess, how are you guys positioning yourselves right now as a company to prepare for that shift and be able to pivot as needed as you kind of head into a, a different environment when it comes to freight? Yeah, well, I think, Brett, um, 
first off, I mean, you know, we're, we're already in the middle of a, of, of a downturn. And the question is, is how long is it going to, is it going to happen? And, uh, you know, we're, we're preparing a lot of different ways. Um, you know, I think the first thing is, is we have to be very mindful of, of our cost and mindful of, you know, what, uh, what, what we spend. But with that being said, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to take any shortcuts when it comes to technology and when it comes to being safe on the road and those type of things, you know, I think for us, you know, for our company, when things get tight, we have to really leverage what we do best. And, you know, what makes our company unique is the fact that, like we mentioned earlier, we have all these different operating terminals and this is a chance where we can get really good at the things that we do best, like servicing our customers, taking care of our drivers, being safe out there on the road and and really strengthening uh you know those the the culture that's within within yeah. the terminal you know yeah. i mean make no mistake it's it's going to get tough it's going to get really really tough it's going to get tougher and it, it already is now we're already seeing things kind of slow down but we're so fortunate because our company the way our company operates and being able to have the financial stability that we have you know and the fact that we have our many different brands under knx there's a lot of uh, you know, stability and a lot of leverage there. Cause you may have one brand where even in these times where it may be tough, but another brand may be doing really, really well. And to be able to have that balance, you know, provides our company with a lot of stability and it's good for all of our employees. But this is a chance where, where, you know, we demonstrate what makes us unique and in every other downturn <clears throat> that we've experienced, our company has, has operated well. And we have an opportunity now to, to demonstrate what we do best. And, uh, but to go back to your original question, you know, I think we just have to continue to prepare by leveraging, you know, the relationships that we have in each of our local markets and, and being good at, at trucking. It's great. Then Alex, that's your camera right here, right? So talk to the drivers and, and give them some advice on how they can be successful in the trucking industry. Um, to be successful, you know, education, you know, about safety, um, health, um, and, you know, just really you need to be educated on what, what you get into in this, in this career. It's, um, it's a great opportunity. You know, you can provide a good uh, living for your family, but, you know, you have, you have to know what you're getting into. And a lot of guys coming in, I see they have a blind eye and they don't know what they're getting into. But to, to make it, you have to know what you're getting into mm-hmm. and invest in what you're doing and just continue to learn. Even I've been doing it, you know, 30-something years, and I still le- try to learn something new every day. And once you feel like you know everything or there's no more for it, that's when you get dangerous. So you got to constantly, constantly keep your mind open and learn and continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Because once you feel like you're – up there, that's when something's going to happen, and you're, you know, it'll knock you right back down. So you got to constantly, constantly learn, you know, because there's always something new. I mean, the career, I mean, the the business changes every day. So yep. you, got, you have to make adjustments to it, you know. I mean, you know, we have, you know, I've, I've been on dedicated accounts. We lost them, uh, ran OTR, you know. So you got to constantly make adjustments to to what whatever changes come comes to you if you want to be successful and you want to last. That's great. You gotta str- have to have, have to have a strong family at yep. home, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, you strong definitely definitely have to have a support system um, because you can't be driving and arguing with somebody on the phone at the same time because it just doesn't work. Yeah. Because you're gonna miss something that you should have that you should have caught. And for sure, yeah, you have you have to have support and you have to be strong minded. You know, on your own without having to rely on somebody else because you're in a truck by yourself. So you right. have to be independent. You have to be able to think on your own, make adjustments on the fly. Right. Great. Awesome. All right. Final question. Final question. It's going to both of you. We'll start with Mike. We'll finish with the marvelous Alex. <laughs> if you had the ear of every driver in America, I'm talking everyone, mm-hmm. what piece of advice would you give them? 
Well, I think Alex, first off, gave very good advice as it pertains to, to their job. But if I had the ear of every driver in America, I think the, the biggest thing I would say to them is expressing our, our gratitude for what they do. You know, they truly have, you know, one of the toughest jobs, uh, you know, in our country. And so I think, Brett, you know, expressing our gratitude and, and, you know, for what they do out there on the road, that would be probably the biggest thing that I want to convey. This guy right here could probably give them the best advice. <laughs> um. Best advice, uh, you know, take pride in what you do. Um, you know, invest in yourself, invest in, you know, you know, with the company and just, you know, take pride and move forward and and you'll be successful. I mean, having pride in what you do can go a long way and make you very successful. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's a great, it's great, it's a great career. I When I came in, I didn't know what to expect, but I was able to build something and, you know, take it a long way, you know, and that's, that's meant a lot to me. So just take pride in what you do. Love it. Yeah, after <laughs> Love it. Good stuff. After yep. All these years later and you're yeah. still driving. Still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Alex, Mike, thank you both for being here, especially you, Alex, for coming in town and, and being a part of this. Uh, we're coming we, off the road. Yeah. <laughs> we, we truly appreciate it. This has been been fantastic it's been good to see you again we're glad you're here thank you for having me thank you and, and to all of our listeners out there whether you're listening watching thank you for being a part of beyond the rig we hope you found this informational please continue to follow us on social media at beyond the rig podcast where we stream everywhere we go and linda keep on trucking thanks everyone we enjoyed bringing this show to you, and we hope you had fun along the way, too. We're going 1010 for now, but you can catch us on the side on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Beyond the Rig and Drive Night. Until next time, be safe out there and keep trucking.